Welcome to the Center for International and Regional Studies at Georgetown University in Qatar. These podcasts are part of a research initiative titled Building a Legacy, Qatar FIFA World Cup 2022. When thinking about football in Qatar, many people believe it's a man's game. Qatar is hosting the FIFA 2022 Men's World Cup and the national men's team won the 2019 AFC Asian Cup. On the other hand, the national women's team is not even ranked in the FIFA women's ranking, which means it has been inactive for more than 18 months. However, this does not mean that there are no women playing football in the country. At the grassroots level, there is an active participation of women in football. This podcast is dedicated to the experiences of Qatari female football players who love playing the game and work hard to establish it in the country. Today's panel consists of four young women, all of them current or former students at our great university, Georgetown University in Qatar. Two of them share the same first name, Haya, Haya Aikavi and Haya Abdulrahman. Furthermore, we have Dana Davish and Mariam Aysakwai with us. My first question to all of you is, when and where did you start playing football and why do you enjoy playing football? Dana, could you please start? Hi, yes. So um, I started playing football ever since I can remember. So maybe when I was even nine, because football is considered to be something as part of the culture here. So even on uh, weekdays and even weekends, I'd go to my grandmother's house to play football like casually with my cousins. Um, but I started playing formally uh, in school. So um, we'd have like football teams um, and we'd have like during break times, uh, football matches and then uh, sometimes we'd participate in tournaments. Uh, and then uh, I kind of carried that on after I entered Georgetown. So um, ever since I was a freshman, I joined the f- women's football team and I've been playing since, but uh, due to COVID, we had to stop. And uh, if we can return, that would be amazing as well. Yeah, we all hope that you can return very soon. Hi, Aikavi, I think you already started playing when you were five years old, right? Yes, that's correct. Could you share with us your story of becoming a female football player? Uh, So I started playing football at the age of five. Uh, The reason for that is that my brother, Nasser Kabi, he loved football in all its forms. Um, he's He's a football star now in Qatar. Um, and when he was younger, he was neglected by my other brothers and they wouldn't play with him when he wanted to play and he always loved football so much. So he started training me and my sister so he would be able to practice and train football with us and he'd be able to pursue the passion he had for football. So I started playing football at that age for him. Uh, the backyard of my house from ages five to nine, me and my sister, my brother would always like come together to train and most of the time he would do all the work um, and as, as I grew up in school I've seen the, like the deep roots of my passion for sports I've always uh, felt drifted and driven by by uh, physical education um, like these lessons didn't only um, include football it was all the sports but I uh, specifically felt driven to football um, and then it's escalated. It became more than just an activity for me. It, like, it became a part of me, a part of my identity. So I started playing football 
for for my school as well. So it was um for like for every basketball and every football tournament I would join, um, when I was allowed to or when I could. Um, and then this is when I knew I had to like delve deeper and be more professional. And there were things that I always wanted to learn, like when I would watch football and watch other stars uh, on TV, I would always assume that if they could do it, I could do it. Like when I when I see like something that everyone gasps, I go like, why can't I do it? Like we all we all have the same ability, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when I asked my family to join Al Sadd Football Club. It's a professional, well-known uh, and successful club in Qatar, at least for men. Uh, and I entered that at the age of 14. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Haya. Uh, Mariam, I believe you are uh, the uh, only one who has already graduated from Georgetown, Qatar, and you're living now abroad. Uh, how did your football story start? Uh, my football story started similarly to Dan and Hayes. Uh, I started playing very early on. Uh, I was introduced to it by my father who played for a local team in the 70s and he he passed his love for football on to me and my siblings so my earliest memories of playing football are maybe when I was seven or eight years old we had a soccer field in my backyard and we'd play every day with uh, my cousins Uh, and I continued to play football I think until my teens when I was literally told I couldn't play anymore by my male cousins they were like you can't play with us um, and then I started playing football again at university, my uh, uh, sophomore year, and I continued to play until uh, senior year when I became co-captain of the team, of the Georgetown team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still play to this day. I stopped because of COVID. Um, I still play in the UAE with a local college here. Um, but yeah, everything stopped during the days of COVID. Yeah. Haya, uh, last but not least, Haya Abdul Rahman. Uh, when did you start playing and what are your experiences? Um, so just like everyone else, I started pretty young. Um, I remember playing football with my family, with my cousins when I was a little kid. And uh, that uh, passion and the excitement translated into me joining the team when I was like just in primary school. I was like nine or ten, and I joined the um, school team, and we won a few tournaments, and that escalated to uh, secondary school and to my time at Georgetown, where when I first came into Georgetown, I was uh, I immediately joined the football team, and um, the the passion and the experience was. Uh, very um, like liberating in a sense that I was able to really show off my identity and really football has become a, a sort of an identity and uh, at the moment I am the captain of the Georgetown women's football team but unfortunately we're unable uh, to play for the past uh, year and a half so hopefully we'll, we'll get a few matches like running soon. Yeah thank you. Uh, Georgetown University is famous for its basketball team and soon after Georgetown University was established in Qatar in 2005, men and women's teams also started playing here. 
There was also soon a men's football team, but it took some years until a women's team was established. Maria, can you tell us a bit more about the beginnings of women's football at Georgetown in Qatar? Uh, yeah, I believe that the women's football team was created in 2013 uh, by two students, um, Roda Suwedi and uh, Wasan Al Jabbar, uh, and they co-captained together, and they're the, the ones who first initiated the Georgetown team, and mm -hmm. it's still uh, a team to this day at Georgetown. Women's football in Education City, where Georgetown University is located, is played as futsal, which is five against five. And Haya Abdul Rahman, what are the main characteristics of uh, futsal in uh, Education City? I believe one of the main characteristics is that men are not allowed to watch the matches, right? Um, yes, that's correct, because um... Mostly the uh, football matches that go on in QF um, are very uh, national orientated and mostly there are many uh, Qatari students who join and uh, for their own co like comfort and for their own um, privacy, it's uh, a female only uh, like match. And um, how the uh, dynamic works with the football matches is basically because uh, the amount of, of female students who, who play aren't as much as the men. So that's, how they, that's why they transformed it into futsal matches where we're five instead of 11. And we would have annual tournaments where... Uh, Georgetown, VCU, Northwestern, CMU, all of the uh, resident QF uh, universities would join, including uh, external universities such as um, Qatar University or the community college. They would also join in the tournament. And uh, basically it would just consist of group stages and knockout stages. And at the end, obviously, there is a winner. And then there are individual uh, awards for best, uh, best player, um, most goals scored. Um, and uh, yeah, that's basically a summary of how the matches and how the tournaments work. Yeah, I should mention that I learned in preparation for this podcast that Qatar Football Association awards 50,000 Qatari Vial for our international audience, this is around $14,000 to the men's Qatar University League champions. There is nothing similar for female student football. It might be a first step towards more equality to provide equal pay for female and male student football players. Uh, my next question is for uh, Haya Aikabi. Haya, I know that you are uh, also playing in the ISATS women's football team. So there is a difference between university and club football. So some girls do both. Some are just playing at the university. Maybe you could play as the reason. You could explain us the reasons for this, and then further elaborate on how the club football is organized in the country. Uh, yes, and the reason for some some the reason they can't uh, join clubs one one main reason is is the, is the culture, 
um, I've known players that we always wanted uh, for us and we wanted them to join Al-Sadd, but they always refused and it wasn't because of our team. Well, some of them didn't like our team, but other people, they just had um, the constraint of, of uh, uh, social, uh, so, social constraints or uh, family constraints. Uh, and um, it, uh, it, it started off um, like with, with one player and then I kept seeing the, the pattern. Um, our so, clubs so please, are... Could you please explain because our international audience might not understand what you mean. The reason is from what I understand that in the, uh, at the club level, uh, also men are watching, right? Differently to uh, the university women's football. Um, our national team, yes, there is, uh, the audience uh, uh, are, are females and males, but um, our clubs, it isn't. But for some families, they they disagree uh, with the idea of, of their of their women playing football in a, in a society um, like the football society in which they wouldn't know the surroundings and they're not sure of of the outcome. And some say some of them say that it's unnecessary. And to me, I like personally, I had to convince my family in a way that I would not end up in the national team because it starts off, starts off from the club and then at, at some point you would want to keep going to, to go bigger. So um, that was their con con that was their concern uh, because uh, the national team it's not only male that come there there are cameras, uh, there are traveling so traveling is one one main big issue. Yeah and um... Uh, could you uh, ex uh, explain a bit more how the club football is operating? Uh, yeah, we have um, we have different clubs, and uh, we have Al Sadd, we have Al Ghafa, Al Rayyan, pretty much similar to the to the men's uh, clubs. Um, we we would have tournaments by the same federation that would uh, that would um, organize the men's uh, tournaments, but the only difference is. The, the security our security is more um, is more intense than than the men in a way that they have to take our phones away and the, the but the matches are completely like similar like there's not no difference um, except for the timing we play for less less time like we don't play for 45 minutes we play for 35 for football and for futsal we don't play for 35 we play for 25. So that's that's one main difference uh, when it comes to the context of of, um, of our clubs, uh, and uh, the main difference between playing in GU and a club is the consistency, like and like serious seriousness of of uh, playing in a club. Um, I would say salaries, but they do not pay pay Qatari players; they only pay foreign players. So foreign players have, have salaries, obviously. Um, but for Qataris, our alternative motivation is the audience. Like in junior tournaments, we do have some audience, but in Al Sad, it's always like Sad matches, it's always so crowded. And like females, like a lot of audiences come and like support each other. Uh, and it, it gets uh, exciting at some point. And uh, it's the reason I'm still playing in this club. Mm -hmm. Um, 
my uh, last question is for everybody. Um, and uh, I would like to ask you, um, where do you see the main barriers for women's football in Qatar to further develop? And what do you wish for the future? I think I should first ask Dana and Haya Abdurrahman because you're both majoring in culture and politics, uh, but uh, then I will pass the word on to Mariam and Haya Aikabi as well. So Dana, would you like to start? Um, sure. So um, I think uh, the main area that I feel like needs development is for women to have the liberty as much as men to take uh, football and especially Qatari women because they're not paid for playing football for clubs, as Haya mentioned, uh, for them to have the liberty to take football as like a career path and uh, using it as a main source of income. So we can see for uh, Qatari men, a lot of them are football players playing for either the national team or uh, any of the clubs and that's their main source of income. However, women do not have the same agency to do that um, in taking uh, football as a primary source, uh, primary source of income and as a first option career. It's usually like a side thing or a hobby. So I feel like that the main development can start from there and that can be contributed like uh, national teams or national, the national team, sorry, or the national clubs can contribute towards that by uh, doing different promotions and uh, opening the path uh, for women to have that option and to have football as a, as a career, as like a proper career. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Uh, Haya Abdulrahman, could you share with us your thoughts? Um, so I think first and foremost, the biggest dilemma with the women and football in Qatar is the societal and the uh, familial friction. And there is this tension that we have as a society, as a culture, in terms of women and their connection to sports. And I think that's the main problem that Uh, basically acts as a barrier between the like sort of visibility that we have for women's football and men's football. However, I think in terms of a national uh, point of view, there is this sort of encouragement for women to join sports and um, for them to participate. But that all, all of that is very obsolete in, this, in, in terms of uh, the cultural and uh, social pressure. So I think as soon as we normalize uh, women in football and women having football as not just a hobby, but as a, as a career, as Dana was saying, I think that's when um, football in Qatar for women really will shine because there is a lot of talent and there is a lot of uh, passion and drive but it is really the cultural uh, pressures that are like not allowing it for it to happen. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mariam, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think my thoughts are very similar to Haya's that there are cultural or I should say societal barriers. Um, and I would like to see more women who are passionate about football to actually follow their passion and to take it seriously. And I would like to see the families encourage them or the society in general to encourage them to follow their their passion because I've seen girls who are amazing players however they don't take it seriously because the society doesn't take it seriously for 
women to play uh, football. Uh, and personally, a barrier for me, or I should say a preference, is um, I would rather not play in front of a male audience. So that kind of restricts me from playing professionally uh, if, I would, if I would like to, uh, which isn't the case. Um, but there are very good examples of women who are in sports who cover perfectly. Um, but that, for me, uh, my preference would be not to play in front of a male audience, which I guess is a barrier. Yeah, and I mean, in Education City, we provide a safe space where uh, football can be played without a male audience. And that might be one of the reasons why it's popular among women. Uh, last but not least, Haya Alkabi, you uh, already uh, shared with us some uh, of your personal experiences in your previous answer when you said that you um, uh, promised not to play in the national team. Uh, what do you think, like, uh, what are your general thoughts on, on the matter? Um, what do you wish for the future? Um, so uh, Dana, Haya, and Maryam kind of said um, what I would want to say and perfectly explained it. The, the main barrier, in my opinion, is our society. Um, I can't say our government or, or their financials uh, aren't doing their job because they're doing it in, in so many ways. They're trying so hard to motivate uh, women, uh, and especially Qatari women, to join uh, not just football clubs, any other sports. It's just the idea of women embedded in this society. It would never like allow us to reach anywhere. And when it comes to football or practicing it professionally, uh, is is, uh, is like it seems impossible or if, or somewhat too difficult, or just to simply become an athlete. So if we were able to, to overcome the societal constraints, like Abdurrahman uh, explained perfectly, we would definitely be in a better position, like a position in which like we can be passionate about, about sports uh, and, and actually be able to pursue that passion. Thank you very much. Uh, I would like to thank the panel, Haya and Haya and Dana and Mariam uh, for today's discussion. And uh, for everybody who is interested specifically in the topic of women's football, please also check out episode two of our podcast series with former Qatari national women's team coach, Monica Starr. Thank you all. <laughs>